Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you, dear listener. Welcome back to Floaters. So lovely to have you.、Uh, I will be taking you on your floaters journey. My name is、uh, Sophia, also known as Sophia, and、um, I'm coming to you again from the inside of my wardrobe. Because guess what? Your girl's figured out a setup now.、Um, so I've popped myself right underneath my dresses, which are now sort of draping on the back of my shoulders and、um, resting on the top of my head, and I've purchased. Not purchased. What's the word? Positioned my laptop on top of a couple of shoe boxes because you know you got to get creative to create. Eh? Eh? You can have that one on me. Now,、um, the only downside, of course, of the setup is that my puppy is actually outside the door of this.、Um, if I just have a little peek out.、Um, Oh no, he's only buggered off and sat on my bed now. He's getting a bit more comfortable with me being in here. He was whinging outside the door at first. He was a bit confused as to what I was doing in his favourite hiding spot, and、um, I did invite him in, but no interest whatsoever. So,、um, yeah, his name's Gus, by the way. Don't know if I've told you that. His name's Gus. He's cute. Now,、um, should I t- tell you about the episode? Probably should. So、uh, this episode,、uh, I chat to charity worker and old school friend Abby O'Dell. Woo, Abby! So、um, I was quite nervous to chat to Abby,、uh, as we haven't spoken since our school days. So that's around eight-ish years. And、uh, but before we chatted,、um, I even started to stress about. You know how I looked. Although this is a podcast, I have the videos on for the Zoom chat, and I was like, "Oh God, I've got a spotty face. My hair was wild and unbrushed." And but you know what? There was no need for me to worry at all.、Um, I'd forgotten just how infectious Abby's energy is, and she's so articulate. I think you're going to love this chat. So, without further ado, here we go. So here we go, episode three. I'm here with Abby. How are you, Abby? I'm doing pretty well, Sophia. How are you doing? I'm doing very good.、Um, where are you broadcasting from today? Chelmsford, Essex, where it all happens. Oh yes, that is where it all happens. <laughs>、um, I'm broadcasting from the southwest of the UK, and、um, I wanted to ask you first, Abby.、Um, how, how's the pandemic going? How's it treating you? Uh, yeah, it's all right. I was furloughed for a couple months, and I was losing my mind.、Um, but I'm back at work now and busier than ever.、Um, yeah, and now I have a flatmate I actually like. It's going okay, so、uh, we should be all right. <laughs> Things are looking good. It's it's upward trajectory from here. Have you taken、exactly. up interesting hobbies over the lockdown period?、Uh, you know what, Sophia? I definitely. Had the intention of taking up new hobbies, but it feels like that I just watched a lot of Netflix, unfortunately. So、uh, we we, you know, the motive was there, maybe not the action. So, but you know, what, what next lockdown? Obviously, <laughs> it's a pandemic. Like you know, rules are there are no rules anymore. If you ask me, exactly. So we, I won't I won't punish myself too hard about that then. <laughs> well, um. So, for just for the context of people who might be listening,、um, uh, so Abby and I we met at school when we were eleven, I guess. Yeah, yeah, 
so long ago i forget when like things are actually yeah when, when school starts um do you ever get that by the way do you ever see school kids and you're like why are you here and you're like oh yes that still happens the school you know what i i puzzle over is when i see girls with their skirts rolled up and i think that looks horrendous how did i ever think that was a good look like you they've got that huge pad of skirt and i just think oh you know, I'm done flashing my bum nowadays, you know, yeah. I'm past that. <laughs> I know, I know. All the little things you do to, like, break the rules. It's like, yeah, reflecting yeah. on that now. Maybe not <laughs> such good choices. Um, but uh, the first question I always ask people on this podcast is, where did you grow up? So that's a bit of a, a fun one because I grew up in the States up to a point. So I, I divide my life into growing up in the States and growing up in the UK. So I traveled until I was about 11, mainly in the States, a bit in Germany as well. I was born in the UK, just throwing everything in there. And then from 11 onwards, I lived in the UK. So I divide my life into two halves, the traveling half and the, the stationary half. So, yeah. And so do you, do you have a close affinity with uh, either the States or, or Germany, like from your travels? So I try and distance my uh, travels from Germany because it was, it was a year where, um, you know, none of us knew the language. It was, it was pretty tough. So that wasn't, I don't affinity, I, I don't associate myself with that. I try and cut that off, but the thing is, if people ask me, am I American? Because I'm not. I'm born in England. I don't take offense to it, but I sort of forget why they think I'm American because there's nothing, there's nothing inside of me that says I'm American to me. So I'm just, I know it's obvious that I sound American, but I'm always a little bit shocked. Mm -hmm. So I don't associate myself with America now. Mm. And because where are your parents from? They're from England as well. So I am a hundred percent British. There's no, there's no exciting, you know, cultural blood within me. It's just pure England, but it just seems like my heritage is more exciting than it actually is, I guess. And how have you found like your accent sort of affecting, I don't know, people's impressions of you when they first meet you? I would say my accent is one of the most irritating things to me um because I, the, the thing that irritates me most about my accent is the sense that people can't get past it they can't get over it when they first meet you so that's all they want to talk about oh you're american what what do americans say oh what your time in america and it's just i just think oh come on man i've had this conversation eight million times let's let's get past it and also when i hear americans i think my god do i sound like that not that there's anything wrong with it but i just think i don't associate myself with that you know i just i i in my head i think i sound like a cockney geezer but i definitely don't i don't <laughs> but it's it just i and i know my brother as well my brother has a american accent and you know, he's tried to drop it purposely because we always say we're just so bored of the conversation of just the repeating over and over. It's the same as that. Oh, are you Canadian or American? I don't want to insult you. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, do you find like people almost sort of, uh, I want to say fetishize, but I'm not sure if that's the right way, but like, or like fantasize about what your life actually is compared to, or they want it to be com- compared to what it is. Yeah, I think fetishize is almost a good word. Um, when I was 18, I emphasized my accent even more to get boys' attention. So <laughs> definitely <Fair>. fetishize <laughs> that way. But I do feel like because I left when I was 11, you know, I didn't experience high school. I didn't experience the real American culture in that sense um, of growing up as a teenager and people always want to know about high schools that really like the movies. They want to know everything like that. And I, I just have nothing to give them. I, you know, I can't give them the American experience that they're after. Um, so there was British counselors and there was American counselors and I kind of flitted between the two. It kind of felt like I didn't have an exact place, whereas I could fit into both. But yeah, interesting in that sense. Yeah, it must be weird as well, because like, I suppose on the British side of things, like in that particular camp, they must have felt you had an allegiance of some sort with the yeah. Americans and like vice versa. I did wear corgi um, pajamas. I think I stated <laughs> my... <laughs> but it's, it's interesting because when I do go to the States, a lot of them say that I do have an English accent as well. So I, I do feel like a bit of a hybrid sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I feel like I sound American, but what I say is English, if, if you know what I mean. The humor and the darkness is definitely British. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know many Americans who say things like geezer as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> a very English word. From me, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you visit the States often at all? Uh, no. Um, so my dad recently became an American citizen. Um, so, so that's pretty, (laughs) pretty interesting because now he is actually American, never was, but I just find it a bit strange visiting the States because it feels like this, especially California. So I grew up mainly in California and I feel like going back to California kind of burst the bubble of my childhood. I always thought things were so authentic. And then I go back there and it just seems all a bit artificial. You notice the fake teeth and the fake boobs and everything. So it is interesting. America would never be top of my list to visit, but I don't know if that's because I've experienced it and want to experience different things or just because I'm a bit tired of being associated with it. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure. No, it must be tiring. Like, I mean, I discovered personally with my accent, when I got to London to university, everyone assumed all of a sudden that I was, I don't know, I owned a pony or all that kind of stuff. And I thought, what? I've never had a problem with this. But it's become like, it's so ingrained in my brain now that I'm so like trying to distance myself from like what people think I might be like. And um, it sounds like, I mean, I'm not sure if you've experienced that sort of level of, of, I don't know, trying to disassociate yourself with that accent that you, that you have, you just happen to have. It is. I try and, you know, when people comment on it, I try and move the conversation on as quick as possible. And also when people ask, where are you from? I have this conversation in my head where I think, am I going to meet this person again? You know, do they need to know that I am actually British? Will they find out my history later on? 
Do I just say I'm American to get it over with? It's, it's, and you are right. I mean, like getting judged on accents, you being said like you have a pony. Me, they'll be saying, you know, um, oh, do they really teepee houses at Halloween? Like, and <laughs> things like that. Just and they the real important stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they always try and cut, co- I don't know if you found this, but copy your accent as well. I just find that oh boring as i just think you know they think they're the first person to ever copy the accent you think oh okay yeah that's that's great i sound miserable but (laughs) (laughs) no i completely relate honestly like there there's sometimes i get the same like when you meet someone new you're like you have to weigh up the options you're like is it worth my time explaining this or shall i just you know quickly move on like sometimes i just say oh i'm from london and then poof that's done like that's the end of the conversation um, yeah. but, um, so do you have a American passport or just a British one? Just the British one. I did have a green card for a while, but, uh, let that go just cause it was just getting harder and harder to keep hold of it. But, um, mm-hmm. no, to- totally British now. Dad's the only one now with an American passport. So that's quite interesting. So what were you like, uh, as a kid growing up in like California and then Germany, were you quite outgoing? Did you find it quite easy to make friends? So I would say that I, did, I didn't find it that easy um, because I feel like we never settled down enough to establish those strong relationships. And also we have the family, you know, all our extended family lives somewhere else. So it never felt like we were particularly grounded. It was only till I went to this and I remember my first year um, at school, I was a bit, I just didn't know how to handle myself. And then second year at school, I just thought, I said to mom, it feels weird because I feel like I should be detaching now and getting ready to move on again. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it is strange. It's, it was hard to make friends just because it, should, it feels like you should be an expert if you move around so much, but it's because you don't have the established relationships, I think. Um, it's, I remember it was so easy to tell when my mom and dad were going to tell us that we were going to move because they would say, Hey, um, maybe we should sit down and have a conversation. And that's the only time that sentence ever got used in my household. And it was just so, you know, we had the routine. We knew how to pack up the boxes. We knew how to move on from our friends. We'd have the little goodbye party and we move on. So I think that sort of in your head you don't attach yourself if you think that you're going to move and it was only till I was like in my third year of school I thought oh this is this is it now I I better I better start buckling down I guess (laughs) (laughs) I mean because what is how did that compare with American schools or coming to a British school and a school like we went to was pretty you know as British as they come I think yeah it's I don't know American schools and I, I didn't go, I went to a private school in America, so I do feel like that changed it a bit, but there, there is a real difference. I, I was moved up a year in the States as well, so I was always the smallest one. Um, I mean, I'm still small, but I was still always the youngest one, and then I got put back to my regular year in the UK, so it was just all a bit strange, a bit different. Um, there are great experiences in American school, but I do feel like going to 
English school, it was English school, going to school in England, it felt more real. I'll always describe living in the UK as being more real. I, I don't know, I can't give you a reason, it's just sort of a feeling. Maybe, I wonder if it's because it was more permanent as opposed to like just uh, somewhere you were a visitor as, you know, yeah. a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, because I, I think I felt the same about, because I only went to like one international school, but then moving sort of the home base every sort of three years after that anyway. Yeah. So it felt like, yeah, maybe I felt like more I was a visitor in those countries, but then like, yeah, school was definitely like, this is happening. You're not going anywhere now. <laughs> These will be your friends. This will be your experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned international school because I obviously only went for one year in Germany. And that was interesting because all the kids in international school, I think you'll agree, they move around a lot. So you get a real mix of people, real different experiences. No one really knows who's who, what's what. It was, <laughs> it was a good place to learn about people, though, like expanding your knowledge about the world. I remember a girl brought in horse meat to eat. and We were all, what? What in the world? And start talking about our different cultures no it's interesting but international schools i think are a little bit stranger just because of that there's just so many different people so much going on I mean, out of interest do you remember where that girl was from the horse meat girl <laughs> i'm not sure actually huh. I, I wonder if she was french because i know they eat it in france so. <laughs> she, she may have been <laughs> who knows but she'll She'll remain in my memory forever, I guess. So that's good for her. <laughs> so how do you feel about um, places like uh, airports and train stations? Do you feel quite sort of, do you find it stressful or is it quite a sort of like a homecoming for you? Um, I think, so my dad traveled at least, you know, he was on an airplane at least two times a week. Um, so he would travel all the time. So when we used to go to airports with him, it was like a job, you know, he would, he'd have the little, the little, um, bum bag. He'd be running to the airport. She'd have to chase after him. Um, because for him, he had it all down for routine and it's, that sort of became it to me. It's, you know, just the routine of it all. It's not being excited to go on holiday. It's you've got to get through the airport. I remember my ex-boyfriend and I, he was, he wanted to, you know, look through duty free. And I was like, what? We, we don't have time for that. We need to get to our gate. What, what, what in the oh world? Oh my God. Are you I know this. I know this situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is so real for me. <laughs> no, honestly, it's the same in my family. It was like when we had time, it was like, no, 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 you don't go there. You go straight to your gate. You've got a mission and you must complete it. We are going to get there. <laughs> People who take time during security as well. My belt's off before we get in the airport. I'm I'm ready to go. I <laughs> oh my god, yes. Literally, I was saying to um, Ify, who we also went to school with um, in another yeah. episode, we were like, we should probably just do like our own video preparing people for security. Because I swear, oh. oh my god, one time, I'm, I'm going to tell you about this one time. This lady and her friend they were literally like taking apart all their luggage because they apparently they brought like a whole liter of water with them and like all their laptops and every single cable you can imagine appeared and then it was just all on the floor and i was like guys this is just too much it was stressing me out to the point in which i thought 
do I go and help? Shall I just get this going? We've got to keep this going, guys. This is this is the point of the system. But oh man, that was that was proper stressful times for me. Um, See, that hurts my heart. That that whole story it really does hurt my heart. And I wish I was more carefree at the airport and just enjoyed. Oh yeah, well we're going on holiday. But the airport is just stressful times. Stressful times. Oh, stressful. <laughs> I mean, I find the less I do it as well, like the more stressful I find it. Because before it was like when you're doing it a lot, you find it's more like yeah, it's the routine you're talking about. It's just yeah, what you're doing. But then the more I leave it, the more frightened I am of it. I just I don't want to go near it, or I get nervous about turbulence. Whereas before I'd be like, Poof, it's fine. It's an air pocket. No one, you know, yeah. why are we bothered about this? <laughs> Well, my dad never let us hold our passports. I mean, he doesn't let, well, he, up till recently, he didn't let my mom hold her passport because, you know, he, you got to have efficiency. So when I got my passport, when I moved away, I, I fear it. I, I don't, I don't even want to, I, I, for some reason, I find my passport the most treasured possession in the world. It can be replaced. I forget this. <laughs> Oh my God. I'd never thought of that before. Like I know exactly where my passport is right now. Like that is, <laughs> it's a big step. It is a big step. I think <laughs> holding your own passport. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So do you find yourself with, well, with a lot of people who travel a lot in their formative years, they, they either fall on like two ends of a scale. It's like either they feel like rootless and rest restless or they they feel kind of grounded. Um, for you know and both for all sorts of reasons and I wonder where you sort of fit in in that yeah so it's it's interesting I was talking about this um with my parents the other day my brother recently got uh his dream job up in Leeds and he was really like happy here he you could see his girlfriend all the time and you know he packed everything up not his girlfriend but he <laughs> packed everything up and he moved up to Leeds just no no worries and my parents said to me, if you had your dream job, would you move somewhere? And I said, no, like I could, I can't, I, I, I'm staying put. This is me. This is done. You know, when people say, oh, I want to travel the world and things like that. I think I'm quite happy here with my cup of tea in my space and my sofa. <laughs> I'm done. This is it. Um, that makes me sound like unadventurous, but I always think I traveled enough when I was younger. Now what I desire is to build like that home, to build that base. Um, and, you know, my parent, my dad's retired. He's moved back to England. So now it is the whole family's hair. We're sorted. I just, I can't imagine moving anywhere. You know, I'd rather have a home than and have a okay job. I do love my job, but I'd rather have than move somewhere for the dream job. Those don't, it's not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I understand what you're saying. It's like, I suppose you've spent so much time, like, yeah, like you say, building your base and, you know, your friends are nearby and you know the area well, and it must be feel quite nice for a change instead of, yeah. you know, going somewhere where it's completely new and you have to adapt super quickly. Um, whereas this time you can, yeah, take your time sort of planting your seeds. Yeah. Maybe, maybe is that, it is that fear in the sense that you don't want to go back to that uncertainty ever again, even though, you know, it may be better mm. somewhere else, 
I'm quite comfortable with the knowledge because the times I moved before, it was all strange and unusual. So I <laughs> obviously, obviously, I don't belong in Gryffindor. That's that's not where I belong with the bravery. <laughs> so yeah, it is interesting. No, I'm definitely in the camp where I've I I'm here to stay. I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and your you reckon your brother fits on the more rootless scale, or do you think he's? Gonna- I, don't, I don't know. I reckon that if you know if he got a job in the states or he had to travel for work, he'd be he'd be happy to. Um, whether that's to do with just his carefree personality, I'm not sure. But um, no, I think he I think he enjoyed traveling more than I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving uh-huh. about it's interesting isn't it you just you can be in the same family and have two completely different experiences yeah. so yeah. but he you know he moved about and he thought he had friends but it turns out that all the boys thought he was annoying as so <laughs> maybe it's better to imagine that you have friends than struggle to get them <laughs> imagine your friends <laughs> yeah to think that everyone likes you to be that delusional. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's yeah. a better way to be ignorant. Oh, blissful ignorance. That's what it is. <laughs> and have you ever felt like, I mean, because my sisters are very much like that. They're very much like topping around traveling and that's whether it's for work or whether they're just, you know, interested in, you know, that sort of a lifestyle. Um, and I think their lives are very interesting compared to mine. Like I've stayed in the UK since we've, we've been here. Um, obviously, well, moving from flat to flat, like every so often, um, which I think counts as moving around a lot, you know, you're still using (laughs) the same skills, the packing and sorting out everything. Um, but, um, I wonder if you've ever felt like the same, I, I feel this pressure sometimes to be almost as interesting as my upbringing. Like, cause does the, does the traveling match the reality? Does that make sense? No, it, it does make sense in the sense that we've lived this exciting life where we've jetted off and now there's no more story to tell in that sense. Mm. It is, people say, oh, when did you move over here? Because obviously to them, my accent still sounds very American. Mm. I'll be like 14 years ago. And I think, God, what have I done in 14 years? Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm so happy with being part of, I feel so British and I feel like I've found my place that maybe, no, it doesn't bother me. I've given up trying to be cool and exciting. I think I gave that up a long time ago, Sophia. So I think I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) Good. If you're okay with it, then I'm going to learn to be more okay with it. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. Um, Cause so I guess you've got quite a good relationship with the UK then. Um, with your, I don't know. I mean, do you generally have a good relationship with your, your passport country? I, I love it here. I think partially to do with the fact that, you know, I grew up with my parents' humor. It was always the British humor. I don't think I've ever had the American. It sounds strange to divide them like that, but there is a American humor and an English humor. And I feel like I've grown up with that. We had a Sunday roast every Sunday, no matter where we were, whether it was in California in the baking heat. You know, we did a lot of the English traditions and, you know, we heard stories from my parents about England that I do feel like coming here was kind of like coming home almost because 
this is also all our extended family are here. So there is history here with everyone. Um, so it was kind of just fitting back into it, really. So, yeah, I do love I do love my passport country in that sense. Also, you know, I, I maybe embrace it too much. I've taken up a real obsession with the royals in recent years uh, to the point where I have a little, little figurine of the queen and her corgi. Just I can see it in my eyesight. And there's a poster of the queen up in the corner, a tasteful one. An arty one, but still, maybe I've gone too far the other way. I love end. how you're having yeah. to clarify that as well. You're like, it's tasteful, I promise. <laughs> but yeah, maybe I've gone too far the other end. Maybe I've become too, maybe that's a sense of, I am British, I'm not American. Look, I've got a statue of the Queen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think we've done the same thing, like, literally. I can see just there, we've actually got like one of those solar panel queens, you know, like the ones that like wave. Yeah, yeah, we've got one of those. And we've always had, in my family, we've always had um, a Union Jack on the back of our car, like a little sticker. And just to, I don't know, assert our Britishness, we've even had that when we've been like in Poland or whatever, like we've had it on the back of our car. And I'm like, I don't think they need to know. I think we need to blend in like right now. That's very funny. There was a there was a store that we used to go to as a real treat in uh, in the states, and we called it the British store. I'm sure it wasn't called that, but I'm sh- I don't know what it. But to us, it was the British store, and we go there very rarely. But we'd get our Heinz baked beans there. We get our um, their, uh, dairy milk chocolate, and oh, there's something else we got. But it was just it that was the treat to us, and. Um, I remember when we came over to England to, you know, visit and look at schools and houses before we moved over permanently. Um, we were all jet lagged and we woke up in the middle of the night and we'd bought fondant fancies and I'd never had a fondant fancy in my life. And little B- Britain was playing in the background and we sat up till like three in the morning eating fondant fancies and watching little Britain. And I, for some reason thought, this is wonderful. I can't wait to move here. This is astounding. Because I've never seen anything, you know, naughty in my life. And then the Fondant Fancy was the tastiest thing in the world. I just went, yeah, this is it. I'm here. I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> Your parents did a good job of convincing you. I'm going to get that. That is pretty, <laughs> that is top notch. Did you have, do you actually have like one of those stores, like an equivalent store in the UK for like American stuff? I'm not sure. There must be. I mean, they sell, I don't know if you see, but in the big supermarkets, they have like that stand, don't they? And it has like Twinkies and marshmallow fluff and, <laughs> and everything's like triple in price. Oh, and yeah. I know when, whenever anyone goes to the States, they go, they go does anyone want anything and they'll give a list like oh i want the cereal i want this and this and this so yeah interesting i guess there is the equivalent (laughs) do you know i I remember going to florida once on holiday and going to the supermarket i can't remember which one but it was so weird i saw tip tree jam there on the shelves (laughs) and it was like six dollars for the smallest jar and i was like what the hell is Tip Tree Jam doing all the way over here in Florida? So if I was feeling homesick, you know, that yeah. would have been that would have been it. Um, yeah. 
but do you um when you came back from uh the states and like since you've settled in the uk um what's your relationship been like with your extended family was it difficult to start with or were you able to like just jump straight in or are you close to them no we're we're not i do feel like um, <laughs> that sounds miserable. <laughs> I, do, I do feel like, you know, it was almost like I moved when I was three and didn't come back till I was 11. And I feel like I missed that bonding stage with my cousins. My grandmother uh, didn't get to see me sort of grow up. So we are more distant from the family. And I think they're more distant from us as well because they didn't you know, grow up with us. We've missed big parts of our lives together. You know, we do, we do see them and everything like that, but we were, we were saying, so obviously my brother has his girlfriend. I have um, my boyfriend now. And we were talking about how Christmases we're going to have to start having the girlfriends and the boyfriends round. Um, but it's been the four of us for Christmas forever, my whole life. And it's just interesting. It's that unit. That's my family because that's who I traveled around with. And it's almost like you can't, you can't change that. It's the four of us are set. But no, I think, I think that had a definite impact in the sense that the family unit becomes tighter and stronger. I feel like I'm closer to my parents because they were my sort of rock when we used to move to places and they were the only people you knew you sort of hung on to them you clung on to your sibling as well I remember you know Sam and I started off together we we would do a lot of things together so I feel like that strengthened our bond but not the extended family no (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's an interesting one I think I'm the same with my family like we're really quite close I remember actually one of the teachers at school saying oh you're quite close with your sisters and I was like really are we but then on reflection it's like because I just thought that was normal but then you're put in these sort of extraordinary circumstances I guess for kids to deal with yeah you just have to leech on to whoever's there if it happens to be your annoying little sister then your little <laughs> brother you're just gonna have to do it aren't you exactly yeah they're, they're your only hope <laughs> <laughs> um and so like nowadays when like reflecting on you know your upbringing and and also like people trying to imitate your accent and assuming all sorts mm. of things about you like how do you how do you now define yourself I think I define myself. I don't like to even mention that part of myself. I don't like to mention, you know, I don't want to be associated with the American accent or the traveling around because I feel like people become so fixated on that part. I feel that's, that's such a small component of my life. Uh, saying that though, I do sometimes use it to my advantage because having an American accent can make you stand out sometimes. So I, I work in schools, I give presentations to schools and I introduce myself as American Abby, just so it's sort of that catch that they remember me in the sense that, you know, they must have speakers come in all the time. And I don't remember, um, when we went to school together, we had horizons. We used to have guest speakers come yes. in all the time. And you know, remember the weird ones and the different ones, um, you know, and we wouldn't remember their names. We'd be like the hypnotist who came in, the, like the, the guy who taught us etiquette. So I feel like, 
the American accent does come in handy for an identifier in the workplace or things like that. But apart from that, I identify as, you know, my per who I am is beyond the nationality and things like that and the accent. So that, that's a bit of me, I think. <laughs> Well, that is a lovely way to sum up this conversation. That is, oh, you've summed that up lovely. Um, and there's only one more thing to say, which is, uh, one more question rather, which is, is there anything you would like to plug today? Oh, uh, yes, I would. So I work for a charity called the AIM Group. Uh, that's A-I-M because my accent, you can never understand it. But um, they are offering government uh, qualifications in children and adults' mental health. So you can learn about how to work with people with mental health, how to identify it. And they're totally free qualifications and they're there to make you a better person. So definitely look into those. But yeah, that's my plug. Excellent. What a worthwhile thing to get into. So if you're out there, <laughs> listener one, two, and three, yeah. please make sure you look that up. Um, well, there's nothing left to say then. Well, thank you, Abby, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. So there have been some developments on the puppy front. Uh, he's still on the bed, but he's uh, decided to become interested and acquainted with a box that was on the bed, a cardboard box from an online order. And has started ripping it to shreds, quite frankly. And when I pop my head out just to check on him, to see what was going on, um, he just looked at me with his ears pricked up, with the cardboard just hanging out of his mouth, as if to say, and what? What are you going to do about it? And to be quite honest, he's right. What am I going to do about it? I'm stuck in a wardrobe. So while he gets on with that, I'll just say, thank you so much to Abby. I really enjoyed chatting to her and reconnecting with her. And um, please do go check out the charity she works for. The AIM Group, .co.uk is the website. Um, at the moment, I think everyone needs all the help they can get with those jobs that they want um, and need right now, quite frankly. So please go check that out. And you can also follow her on Instagram at Abby Odell 1993. That is the one. And um, speaking of Instagram, guys we're on Instagram. I know, exciting. So please go follow us. Uh, we're on Instagram with the handle at floaters underscore podcast. So that's at floaters underscore podcast. Um, because that's where we'll be posting, you guessed it, content. Yes, exciting, juicy, juicy content. And um, hopefully you'll be content with that. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> right, I've been going on far too long. Oh, no, actually, wait, before I go, I wanted to plug something. Well, not plug, but give my own little... Yeah, plug. Why not? Fuck it. I had a movie day yesterday, and I just watched a few movies that were on my watch list for ages. And If Beale Street Could Talk, it's, it's a fantastic film. I haven't read the book should get on that but it's a, the film is just shot beautifully it made me feel things very very deeply and i think i'm going to be feeling them for a really long time and and the music as well it just it's just a fantastic piece of work please go watch it if you haven't already you won't be sorry 
Um, and um, there's nothing left to say other than thank you to Abby again for chatting to us. Thank you, as always, to Aral for your sound help. Um, you can also check out his website, by the way. It's in the show notes, but just in case you've missed it, it's um, aralbar.com. That's A-R-A-L-B-A-R.com. And um, thank you to you, dear listener. It's been lovely. Hasn't it been lovely? I think so. Until next time. Bye-bye.